Hello, Fred Kuhn interviews our next guest expert. And now, here's Fred. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Still talking about veterans who are in transition or about to be. Our guest today is Stan Kimmer, a reoccurring guest on the show, and he's founder and owner of Total Engagement Consulting and the vice president of training for the National Diversity Council. In his prior background, he brings experience from IBM, where he was the executive sponsor overseeing career development for over 3,000 sales operations employees at IBM. Stan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Fred, and I'm delighted to be on with you again. Yeah, we had a good one last time, and I think we'll just have a, a good time today. So here's the thing. We know that a lot of veterans are transitioning. I've spoken with others uh, on the uh, view, uh, the U.S. at Work about veterans' transition. I wanted to get your take on it because I know you're involved in that in the state of North Carolina. So why don't you just share with me what you think the top issues you feel are facing veterans as they transition into the civilian workforce? I do think veterans face uh, challenges from two sides. You know, first of all, it's the employer side. You know, a lot of employers might not understand the skills that veterans and armed service members have. A lot of people have um, misconceptions or unconscious bias, thinking that, you know, all military people just know how to hang out in foxholes and shoot guns and don't realize that there's a lot of other support jobs in the armed services where veterans are gaining a lot of very valuable skills. And then often on the veteran side of the story, you know, being able to convert their military skills into civilian language and being able to articulate and translate, you know, the skills that they built in the military and how that would apply in the civilian job force. And then when they get on the job, sometimes it's a little bit hard to adjust to a corporate culture that might be very different than maybe the command kind of culture in the armed services. Yeah, that is uh, an ongoing problem, and it has been for generations. In my experience, is that the military members are used to a highly disciplined and highly structured culture. When they come to the corporate sector, they are expected to have the discipline, and it isn't really looked at until it's too late, and then they're gone. So it's it's a very different environment from how people socialize, how they integrate, the way the corporations work. One of the uh, things that I'm concerned about, and I'd like to have your comments on this too, is the integration, the onboarding process itself in the corporate world is, is really lacking when it comes to military members who are coming to a company. Well, there are a lot of companies now that are doing uh, something quite innovative, and that is forming veterans employee resource groups. That A lot of companies, especially yes. larger companies, have these employee resource groups for black employees, LGBTQ, women. Hispanic, but now a lot of companies have these groups for veterans and they set up mentoring programs where you might have a person who's a veteran who's been working successfully, you know, in the working place for five or six years that can mentor a new veteran coming into the workforce and kind of be a mentor to them and help them acclimate to the corporate world. Exactly. I am a member of the Arizona Corporate Council on uh, Veterans Employment. And one of the companies, member companies, is APS, very large firm here. And I know they have a specialty area in military transition and onboarding, and they're doing a yeah. great job with that. Really great job with I know uh, USAA here, also a member of our corporate council, is the same way. They have a great onboarding process. So if we, if we look at the companies, 
how do you explain to a company that hasn't done this before why it's important and some things they can do to make this better for them? Let's take the company side first, then we'll talk about the veteran side. Yeah, that's very interesting because I listened to, to one of your podcasts today on the scarcity of skilled people and that there's right. a actual skill shortage. And, you know, if you're really looking for good people, veterans are a great source of these key skills that they pick up communication skills, teamwork skills, planning and organizing complex projects, executing for results, coaching and developing others, analysis and problem solving that companies should understand that veterans are a great source of, of skilled labor. And then also you have to look at the kind of like what I call the human side of it, that you know, these men and women have served our country and in a, you know, in a way that you know, we should be doing something for them and giving them some kind of reward for the work that they did defending our country. I agree with that. There's always the cynical side that says, well, it's a job. They were paid for it. We appreciate their duty. We think they ought to get uh, veteran services and things like that. But why should I risk my bottom line to do something that I can't figure out how it's going to pay dividends? That's an awfully cynical view, but it exists. And I would argue and say, this is not going to hurt your bottom line. It's going to help your bottom line. You know, you're going to get good, skilled people. And there are many, many, you know, successful senior executives. You talked about USAA. You know, I know their their vice president of diversity, you know, is a 30-year veteran who's very successful, Mm -hmm. you know, in his job. And that uh, the skills that these armed service members bring can be very, very useful in the corporate setting. So I would say you're going to lose on your bottom line if you don't look at qualified veterans for your job opening. Are you familiar with SkillBridge? No, I'm not. Yeah, it's, I think if I have it right, it's the program where they, six months prior to exiting the military, you begin to work for a company. It's kind of a test program to see how you do, and uh, it, it's onboarding is what it is. It's real onboarding. And that's a great I'll idea. Put you like in touch, I'll put you in touch with a fellow who runs that on our, our corporate council, and I'll, I'll get Helen to talk with you. So what can companies and organizations get from hiring veterans? I mean, we get skills, right? What else do we get from hiring veterans? You get the same benefits you get from hiring any aspect of a diverse workforce. You know, when you look at, you know, if you look at hiring men and women, looking at hiring LGBT people, white people, black people, Hispanic people, when you hire veterans, they also bring a special diversity that they can look at solving problems different ways than other people. They can look at, you know, product design. And maybe, you know, if you want to penetrate the market of service members and veterans with new products and services, they can bring their insight so that you can make revenue off of the, the veteran market. So you can, you know, use the veterans as you would any other aspect of diversity in terms of the business case. You know, I was working with some wounded warriors out at 29 Palms, and I was bowled over by the incredible ingenuity and uh, yeah. skill these guys had. I was just bowled over by how they were solved problems quickly in the yeah. field, under fire. Uh, and it was, I'd love to have that in my company. <laughs> and, that's exactly the, and that's exactly the message that you know, all of us out here who are advocating for hiring of veterans need to bring you know, to these key decision makers in these companies, you know, talking about this value, this ingenuity that these people bring. Okay. So companies 
agencies, organizations, whatever, and the veterans themselves, what can both sides do to better position veterans for success as they enter the civilian working world? Well, first of all, I think that the executives of a company have to set a strategic leadership vision that, you know, we do want to go after this workplace and we're going to put resources in it and we're going to spend time on it. The human resources has, you know, developed the right programs in terms of how to review qualifications, how to maybe help convert military skills to civilian skills, you know, coordinate and set up interviews and maybe even have a, a veteran who's there at the company host another veteran when they come in to interview. And then the veterans themselves can make themselves available to a lot of the resources that are out there in the community, that there are a lot of organizations that are offering coaching to veterans, that provide workshops on how to successfully interview and create a resume for the civilian working environment, and to find those skills, you know, in your local location, find those resources and leverage them to, you know, prepare yourself for success. Well, I think it's, uh, there's a lot of want to, but know-how may be lacking on both sides. So are there places that veterans can go? I know they have the TAP programs where before they leave, but I don't think that explains all of the resources that are available. How, if, if they're going to move to a certain state or to, you know, they're exiting there, what do you suggest they do? Get a hold of their state veterans association? What, what should they do? Well, that's one thing they can do. Uh, there's another organization called America Serves, and they actually have footprints in many of the U.S. states. And what they okay. do is they coordinate within those states so that all these, like probably in any state, there's 100 or 150 agencies doing things around jobs, around health, around family. And they try to create like a resource guide and collect all the information. So veterans have one place to go, one-stop shopping, you know, to find out uh, all their various needs met. And so I think, you know, checking out America Serves would be one great place and see if they have a footprint in the state you're going to. And then if not, yes, check out the state's veteran administration. A lot of the states like North Carolina, where I am, you know, have task force and working groups to do programs to support veterans. Yeah, we have a dozen or more in Arizona. We're a big veteran state, as you know. A lot of retired veterans here. So we're very active in supporting a number of organizations who have specialties. So here in Arizona, it's very diverse. I'm not sure about other states. So I'm glad to hear but, that organization. And, and North Carolina is, uh, you know, we about, we about 10% of our population is made up of veterans because we have like four major bases here. So a lot of people return right. to North Carolina. And one thing really cool that NC Serves does, which is a, the footprint of America Serves, is they put out a yearly resource guide where they get information on like 200 different community and statewide organizations supporting veterans and put them all in one place so that veterans don't have to like hunt all over the place to find resources for a particular thing that they need in their lives. But they have one consolidated place where they can look up almost everything. Great suggestion. Dan Kimmer, thank you so much for joining us today on the U.S. at Work, and we'll have another conversation at some future point on these and other issues. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Stan, again, thank you for being a guest. Thank you very much, and I hope to join you again soon. Thank you for visiting with us. We welcome your comments and suggestions and look forward to having you join us soon at Workplace Strategies.